You're listening to Steve Dace On Demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze Media. I am Steve Dace. They are Todd and Aaron. And for us to find out who you are, you need to let us know what you think about what we think. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can also email us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening later on via the podcast and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Coming up a little bit later on in this hour, we'll get to... Our truth bomb inside politics with our truth bomb incarnate, our very own weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. He might prefer that. What do you think Daniel would like more? Weekly prophet of woe and lamentation or truth bomb incarnate? Which do you think, which moniker do you think he would better prefer? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm swooning either way, quite frankly. I want to be crafty. I've I've always wanted to be called crafty. I just think that just sounds... Cool. Crafty. He's crafty. Don't you think that sounds cool? Yeah, but I think that horse has left the barn on you. I think other things have kind of stuck, whether self-imposed or otherwise. Indeed. Todd, we need to get uh, Steve a bedazzled shirt that says crafty. crafty. Ah, yes. I'm so down with that. Absolutely. I like crafty. I don't know if crafty is cool as weekly prophet of woe and lamentation or truth bomb incarnate, but I like I like crafty. Uh, And we like Daniel. He'll join us a little bit later on. We'll play our little weekly game of buy, sell, or hold, where Aaron will totally farm out his job to the audience. All that and more coming up. But first, we've got to get updated. Speaking of Aaron, here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Sammy the Bull or something. Robert Mueller filed a memo on Michael Flynn, one of the first people caught up in the Trump-Russia probe. The memo is highly redacted, but the bottom line is this. Mueller says Flynn has been a key cooperator and recommends no jail time for the former Army Lieutenant General. Words matter. And as our understanding of social justice evolves, our language evolves along with it. Here's how to remove speciesism from your daily conversations. Instead of kill two birds with one stone, say feed two birds with one scone. The weekly standard may be going away. That's according to numerous media reports. Instead of be the guinea pig, say be the test tube. Senator Maisie Hirono has found the real reason leftists find it so difficult to communicate. It's one of the things that we uh, Democrats um, have a really hard time uh, is connecting to people's hearts instead of here. Um, we're really good at shoving out all the information that touch people here but not here. And I have been saying at all of our Senate Democratic retreats that we need to speak to the heart, not in a manipulative way, not in a way that brings forth everybody's fears and, and resentments, but truly to speak to the heart so that people know that we're actually on their side. We have a really hard time doing that. And one of the reasons that it was told to me at one of our retreats was that we Democrats know so much that is true. And we have to kind of tell everybody how smart we are. And, and so we have a tendency to, to be very left brain. Instead of saying, beat a dead horse, say, feed a fed horse. 
Michael Avenetti says he's not going to run for president in 2020. In related news, I'm not going to be pursuing my career of wizardry at Hogwarts. The lawsuit a 69-year-old man filed because he felt like a 49-year-old, well, he's lost that lawsuit because ageism. Latinos is out. Latinx is in at UC San Diego in non to evolving gender and sexuality terms. Speaking of the California University system, Berkeley is being forced to pay $70,000 and change its policies after that lawsuit found it discriminated against conservatives. Instead of bring home the bacon, say bring home the bagels. Nate Madden on why Republicans are abandoning any attempt to defund Planned Parenthood. A conservative former Hill staffer explained the disparity to me this way, and sadly, it's never stopped making sense. Dead babies don't write checks. Whatever one thinks about baby, it's cold outside. It's not the only Christmas classic to represent what some would say are outdated views of women and men, boys and girls. Instead of saying, take the bull by the horns, take the flower by the thorns. And now for something completely different. And that's what happened while we were away in two minutes or less. Man, I got to say, a 29% Liberty score never looked sexier, guys. Preach. Uh, than uh, uh, watching Orrin Hatch engulf uh, some bacon. Uh, let's start with the Weekly Standard story, because we're going to talk about this actually today on the Roundtable, uh, which uh, you'll need to be a subscriber to Blaze Media uh, in order to access. If you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze Media, use Dace Christmas as the promo code when you go to the Blaze or CRTV.com, and you'll get a substantially reduced uh, subscription for 2019. I think it's like $1.50 a week or something. All right, because we're going we're gonna to discuss this. I think it requires its own conversation. Because I think there's more going on here than just an anti-Trump media uh, publication can't survive. I, I think that is a nice spin. Uh, and I think both sides conveniently want to make it look like both sides of the Trump cult. You know, the Trump cult wants to make it look like, how dare you go up against America's savior? Uh, and then there's the, uh, the those that believe he's the Antichrist want to make it look like uh, this this furthers their narrative as well, that that's why they're in trouble, because they dared to defy, uh, you know, the orange demigod, which if that were the case, why are we still here? See, I, I think this is more nuanced and complicated than each side's binary choice idolatry. And, and so is almost everything else, for that matter. But I think this requires its own separate conversation today. And so that's going to be the topic of our roundtable. You'll be able to access it via Blaze Media if you're a subscriber. If you're not yet one and would like to be one, Dace Christmas, all one word, will get you a reduced, heavily reduced subscription price to not just uh, this show, but every single thing, whether it's Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, the whole team here, uh, that is part of the brand new Blaze Media. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, Mazzy Hirono. <laughs> did I read, did I hear that right? Well, you know, we're just that much smarter than everybody else. Yep. And that's a problem. And you need to know it. Yes. That's a humble brag. But see, there's something else there that will largely go, I think, unnoticed because that first example of a lack of self-awareness is so over the top that it's just 
it's hard not to notice the claim she's making that Democrats are struggling to connect with people because um, we're just that much smarter than they are. All right. That's I think she's totally self-aware. She's saying that, man. I, and you know what? You might be right. Then here's what I think maybe she's not self-aware about. Do you guys get the impression that the weakness of the American left is they don't think emotionally enough? Is that is that kind of Did you catch that too? Did you catch that part? Where she literally they're not they don't use enough emotion in their reasoning? They don't use enough emotion in their arguments. Everybody's a racist, misogynistic, homophobic bigot. There cannot be any sort of dissenting view whatsoever. Uh, They're at the point where they think they haven't been emotionally engaged or manipulative enough in order to make their positions plain. It's It's the fiber of their being, as that example our audience is watching right now of the Screaming woman after Trump won the election would be one blatant example yeah. of many. Yeah, the ice cold robot thing. That's our jam. That's our yes! stereotype. Yeah. No, go, go, you go do your own thing. Yes. Get your own branding, lady. Yeah, you don't get to talk about how the fact you're too cerebral and don't emotionally connect with people or have great stories. That's what we do on this side. But I, I, I watched that part because I, I, I had seen the headline last night that she that Hirano had said we, we're just too much. We're just too smart for people, and that's our problem. By the way, their problem is they just won 40 House seats, swung seven, or seven governor's mansions. They had a pretty good election day, don't you think? And also, she is right. They're very smart. It's just that the, the smart, the, where they got the smarts are the universities, and they have a very different definition of smart. Indeed. But I, I've, I, I, I have never seen, either on the right or the left, ever until that clip, someone make the case that the American left doesn't connect emotionally enough with people. I, I mean, what more could you possibly do to lead with emotion? Can you, what, do you, I don't even know what that would look like. Do you know what that would look like? I don't. I, you're a millennial. You're supposedly uh, in touch with your emotions, Aaron. Do you, what would it look like for leftists to more lead with emotion? What would that look like? My goodness, uh, I don't think that I don't think there's an. Ex- I can't I can't think of it because it's just so. It's because diamet- it's raw emotion incarnate. Yeah, it's diametrically op. Her words are diametrically opposite of what we see from the left every single day. What did we just see? What did we just see? I played the video from uh, slightly offensive that YouTube channel mm-hmm, yesterday. Mm-hmm. The very first, hey, you want to come talk to me? Uh, I hate America, and I can't wait for the day that it burns to the ground. I mean, that is. There's some emotion there, don't yeah, you think? Just a little bit. <laughs> Like like those two guys yesterday on Twitter flipping each other off across yes. the street. Which are the perfect portrait of uh, 21st century yeah. American masculinity. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Of what's become of it. I- I'm sure there's at least a few leftists or progressives watching, listening, because uh, I get we get emails from them every now and then who appreciate the fact that we don't create straw men or immediately jump into the binary choice box while trying to defeat every argument they bring to the table. I, I got to believe if we're just going to keep it real, because that's, that's what's our theme for 2019, right? No BS. No BS. No BS the theme for 2019. Come on. If it, the, 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 whatever small percentage of, of progressive leaning individuals are watching this right now, let's just, come on, we're all friends here. It's Christmas time. Let's keep it real. The, the, if, 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 if the reason, if, if you guys lose an argument, I think we all agree. It's not because it wasn't emotional enough. All right. I mean, come on. Can come you imagine on. what all the people like her, 
came along with her just off camera, and they have their uh, cans of gasoline and their matches, and they were just about to light Berkeley on fire again. Like they yes, were, we're they were stuck. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it Pythagorean theorem time? Yeah. Yes. Does left brain mean that I throw the gasoline with my left hand? Too? Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, the Michael Flynn play. So we probably, and I don't, I don't get a chance. I'm going by what I see a lot of our peers and in, in, in conservative media uh, sharing in their social media feeds because the time and effort it takes to do this show, to stay informed, to do this show, I just don't have the time to consume a lot of our peers uh, in in long form. So I, I kind of have to go by a lot the uh, the Reader Digest, you know, Cliff Notes version that they're sharing on social media. I would guess based on that anecdotal evidence, we probably, even though we did go in depth on the story Friday and Monday when there was a specific development to comment on, I would guess we are among the least engaged on a daily basis uh, in, in conservative media in talking about the meanderings and machinations of the Mueller probe. I'm incredibly I, proud of that fact. You're <laughs> here. I don't know that we are the least, but I got to believe we're in the we're in the low, lowest one percent. Only because I, it's beyond me. To be brutally honest, it's just no BS. It's beyond me. It's I can't follow the tentacles of it. I don't get a lot of it. I I don't know who all these players are. And and here's the thing. I came to the conclusion like eight months ago that if I was going to try and decipher this, because you guys know me too, I I need to know. I'm the I'm the guy that you know. Dirty Harry points the gun at. And I'm like I got to know. I I got to know stuff. Okay. And then on the other hand, though, I'm kind of an all in or all out type. Like I got to know, provided I think it's possible to know, in a, in in a way that I can invest. And if I the minute I come to the conclusion that I'm totally in fight or flight, two dimensional mode almost all the time. The minute I come to the conclusion, I don't think I can win the game. I'm totally out. You guys have noticed that about me. I, I, I compartmentalize like a son of a gun. And I came to the conclusion like eight or nine months ago with this story that the amount of attention to detail it was going to take for me to follow this on a daily basis was going to literally be at the expense of almost everything else I like to do in this job. And it just didn't mean it, it, it just stopped meaning that much to me. Damn right? it, Steve. What's your hot take about hundreds of black bars over text you can't read? <laughs> yes, which is where I'm going next. All right. So I don't know what to think of this. My here's my recommendation. If you want to follow this, the, and, and again, the reason we spent a good deal of time on it Friday or Monday is because we had a major development that was that we could clearly articulate what happened, and then the debate is about what it means, right? But but we knew something happened. We knew what the thing was. We don't know what happened yesterday. Uh, what we know is, on one hand, we had uh, the special counsel Robert Mueller. Thank Michael Flynn for his invaluable, the former national security advisor to the president of the United States uh, and the former, he's also one of the chief uh, uh, foreign policy national security operatives in the Obama administration for a while as well. And thanked him for his invaluable service. And I believe the, the, it even says in acquiring convictions or something, I think in the pleading yesterday. Um, that's And then rec- not recommending jail time. And then after that, we don't, I don't know what else we know. I mean, everything else is redacted. Now, it kind of doesn't make much sense to me on one hand for the special, for, for us to on, on, on the right argue that the special counsel's out to get Trump exclusively and then turn around and argue that 
he's thanking Michael Flynn for providing him only exculpatory evidence. Does that make sense to you? I don't, I, because I've seen that line of reasoning and it doesn't make any sense to me. And either he's out to fully get, if he's out to fully get Trump, then why would he be letting Michael Flynn, why would he be thanking him for, hey, thanks for giving us evidence that exonerates Trump. Why would he do that? Do you know why he would do that? Listen, this is either the greatest game of 4D chess or or, or it's terrible people yes. doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly. So what does Occam's Razor say? I, I, it's probably the latter. Occam's Razor <laughs> says, hey, cut yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On, on the other hand, I don't get this argument from the, the, the Russian collusion fantasy, you know, fiction writers, fantasy fiction writers that um, – you know, uh, so Flynn is the centerpiece of the Russian collusion because he did get a paycheck from Putin. That's not debatable. He did. That's one of the things he lied about. So Flynn is the is was was one of the galvanizing pieces, one of the connective tissues that brought the Russian collusion to Trump Tower. And yet the special counsel says, hey, thanks for your help. No jail time. Does that make any sense to you? <laughs> does 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 this make any sense? I don't. I I looked at this last night for a good ten minutes. Which for me on this story, I got to tell you, it's a long time, man. That's a that's a I'm that's a that's a hefty investment, particularly when Michigan's playing a basketball game. For me to give this story ten minutes is a lot. All right, and I and I immediately just said I don't get either side's narrative on this because everything's blacked out other than thank you, Michael Flynn, and no jail jail time. Everything else is blacked out. I don't know how that instantly means. That on one hand, Michael Flynn was the guy that was the linchpin of Russian collusion, and yet the special counsel is just going to let him walk. And then on the other hand, I have no idea why a special counsel that is only out to get Trump is thanking Michael Flynn for giving him exonerating evidence of Trump. That makes none of this makes any sense. So here's my advice: if you kind of if you want one if you want a a good analysis of this from the right. I'd follow you know go look at what Dan Bongino or and Jordan Schachtel, our peers here at Blaze Media, do. All right, go follow, and they're all over this. And then, if you want to know the other, if you want an intelligent take on the on the left's counter narrative to this by someone who's not nuts, Yasha Ali at Huffington Post. By the way, you should be following him anyway. I mean, if you're if you're looking face Steve, can you give me a couple of lefty media people to follow so I can find out? Are there lefty media people like what you guys do? Meaning we know they're lefties, but they're not nuts. They're not everything's a binary tri- tribalistic choice. About the best out there I would recommend there is, is Yashir Ali. Now, as soon as I say that, you're going to send me a bunch of stuff of him being a lefty. Yes. I didn't say that he wasn't biased. I just said he wasn't nuts. I, didn't, I just said he wasn't a cultist. All right? So I would go, if you want to get what their intelligent take from the other side on this, go read some, find some analysis of Yashir Ali, Ali at, uh, at HuffPo. Uh, he's usually pretty reliable for a smart progressively a biased uh, progressively take as opposed to a crazy nut job one and then make up your own mind because i don't know what to make of a bunch of black bars aaron go your thoughts yeah it's uh, a great let's let's put it this way let's put a happy face on terrible people doing terrible things to each other terribly let's put a happy face on this this is an opportunity for all of us to exercise some critical thinking and if at the end of the day you've thought through it critically and Occam's Razor doesn't tell you anything, it's a great opportunity to walk away and do what my favorite pastime is and not care. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, 
Uh, moving on. About this particular story, I should say. And he he ain't the greatest color man in the business for nothing, Bob. Right? There you go. Uh, let's move on. Uh, elsewhere in uh, in the montage today, the whole baby it's cold outside thing. So I think I've talked about this before. You know, we do family movie night. It's a Sunday night tradition in our home, although as the kids get older and do more stuff, sometimes it's Saturday night, sometimes it's Friday night, sometimes it's Monday night. But most of the time it remains Sunday night. And it, it's a weekly thing that we try to make as adamant possible to keep doing as we can as a family. And then we get into December and it's Christmas movie night and it rotates, you know, and every person gets a turn every month. And in December you have to pick a Christmas movie. And it's, it's one of our family's all-time favorite films. And we made the decision like five years ago that we were only going to watch it once a year because otherwise we would get so sick of it because the thing would be on in our home more often than Napoleon Dynamite used to be. And that's Elf. Okay. And then since it's like our oldest Anna's favorite movie and she pulled rank on her siblings, she gets every year, this gets to be her pick for fam- for family movie night, Christmas time when it's her turn. Right. And of course, one of the famous scenes in Elf is what? Them singing in the bathroom. Yeah, they're the singing shower. the duet of Baby It's Cold Outside, which I got to confess, that's the first time I ever heard the song. I'd never heard it before. I'd never heard it on Christmas. State. Did you hear it a lot in Christmas music in 1999? Well, I, I had heard it. I don't yeah. remember how I, prolifically. I, the first time I ever heard the, well, and maybe I heard like a lyric, but the first time I ever heard like most of the song was that famous scene in Elf, you know? And so we're sitting around, this was a couple nights ago, and, and this comes up on something that's on the TV screen as we're sitting around as a family talking about something, and it comes up on the screen that there's this big controversy about baby, it's cold outside, and our youngest daughter, Zoe, who's, uh, who's 13, uh, she's like, what is the deal with this song? And, you know, how we roll in our house, I just told them the truth, you know, that it uh it's considered when it was it was considered wooing and seduction in a previous era and now there's a debate that it's kind of uh, basically advocating date rape in this era my 13 year old daughter's response that's that's dumb god bless her yes <laughs> right and just to show you who zoe is okay like five years ago at the dinner table, Zoe says to me out of the blue, I, I, I think I'm going to go vegetarian. I said, no, you're not. She goes, yeah, we're doing some reading and stuff. And I'm, I, I don't know, I'm not really comfortable eating meat. I said, you like bacon a lot. So I'm calling her bluff, right? So you're not going to eat any bacon? And she kind of paused and she's like, I guess not, <laughs> right? So we're having this negotiation. I said, I'm not raising any vegetarians. So I'll tell you what, what's your price? Just buy you off right now. And she goes, she kind of smiled. She had five bucks. <laughs> all right. So I, I pull out my wallet. I almost never have any money. And if I do, it's like five or 10 bucks because Amy has all the cash. I just keep, you know, plastic. But it, I usually have five or 10 bucks in case of an emergency. Pulled out my wallet, five bucks right there at the dinner table, gave it to her and she ate her bacon. And then she's like, I just wanted to see if you would pay me to eat bacon. <laughs> nice. Okay. So... <laughs> now that's crafty that is crafty she needs a bedazzled shirt yeah yes we she likes that story all right uh it gets brought up about once every four or five months in our home ever since right but that that's that's how she sizes things up and when we told her about this entire uh controversy the other night she's like that's that's really stupid so help me to understand 
like we had the Apple CEO in the montage yesterday. Got to get rid of divisive, hate-filled lyrics. Shouldn't be on our platform. So are they going to like shave like like a third of the of the rap music section from iTunes? Are they just going to eliminate that? Because it, it's pretty, That's it's pretty, racist, ma- it's pretty Steve. misogynistic and yeah. date rapey in a lot of those lyrics. That's, if you know what I'm saying. Gosh. That is not really understanding the intersectionality. No, yeah. am, I, am I? Did I do a bad thing just now? No. Well, maybe maybe Eminem since he's culturally appropriating stuff because he's white. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the so answer Eminem to- cannot be date rapey, but Jay Z can because one guy's white and one guy's not. Is that what you're saying? Let's see. Did I slaughter a goat last night? And is the, the full? Mo- yes. So help me understand why we want. I mean, just search Jay Z misogynistic lyrics online. And give yourself like three hours, because that's how long it'll take to get through them, okay? Uh, so help me to understand, Jay-Z campaigning in Ohio for Hillary Clinton in 2016 on behalf of social justice, and, and, and largely got famous with date-rapey, misogynistic lyrics, is okay, but baby, it's cold outside from an era, a bygone era, where uh, wooing and seduction were completely of a different... First of all, they didn't have Tumblr and Tinder. So wooing and seduction occurred. Okay, does wooing and seduction, Aaron, you're a millennial. I don't know when I'm out of the game. Does wooing and seduction occur anymore or is it just uh, I'm available, let's hook up? Um, well, I don't, I, I don't really know. Probably not, though, based on what I see out there from, from my generation. It really, it really doesn't. It's just... Um, and maybe that's the and, issue, actually. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the, the Discovery Channel. Maybe that's really the issue, Todd, is that, they've, that wooing and seduction is a lost art to this generation. And so there's no, they don't understand, there's no in-between to them. I, listen, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging its intersectionality, progressive nut j- craziness. I'm acknowledging that. But then we have to ask ourselves, why does it find an audience? Okay, And maybe the reason it finds an audience, like we've talked about with feminism. One of the reasons egalitarian third-wave feminism has found an audience is the failure of American masculinity, right? We played into, gave them, gave them some, f- fulfilled some of their talking points, right? We've talked about that, mm-hmm. right? Could it be that the reason this generation doesn't, can't understand the nuance of baby, it's cold outside? is the idea of wooing and seduction are lost arts in, in their time period because they've all grown up in a hookup culture and that, that they don't, that this, this has not been a part of their natural we're habitat. We're way past that. We're living in a culture that they are making and marketing uh, lifelike sex robots, Steve. Uh, we've gone way past uh, any ability to connect the dots of the fundamental human connections um, this is, listen, that song is basically just the jingle version of mistletoe is, yeah. is mistletoe also hmm. now uh, a, yeah. something that requires people to go into a safe space. It, what? Zoe said it, well, I'm, I'm not going to steal her thunder. So Zoe's got it. Yeah. Let's, let's not overthink this. Uh, let's apply Occam's razor. I mean, this is a relic of America's past. And you said you didn't hear it until it was in the movie Elf. Um, but if it's something to do with America's past uh, or some, some uh, bygone time, uh, Occam's Razor says that when it, when it comes to progressive re- progressivism, it is probably just another form of cultural iconoclasm, I guess you could say, just mm-hmm. tearing down any... Because we come... That's even, interesting because it promotes wooing and, and, and that's yeah, why they want it gone. Yeah. 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 That, I okay. think that's probably the easiest part. But I think it's... 
I think it, you still go back to the original point that you made. Why why aren't we not just going to pull Jay Z songs off of mm-hmm. uh, out of the cultural lexicon? Why is it this one? Because Jay Z songs do things that are uh, say things that are way worse. You've posted them. I think you've used them mm-hmm. in columns before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they say things that are real worse. So why then, if you apply uh, Occam's razor, why then is it the focus on this one? It's because it's a, a, a bygone era that they're trying to tear down. That's that's an excellent angle to this. Because it promotes seduction and wooing <clears throat> in a way that is tawdry for the time period it's from, but pretty ni- pretty innocent for the time period we're in today. And so because of the nuance of the song, because it has, it has this middle ground of creepy, what's the, what's the nuance between, this is, you're way too, what we used to call it, coming on strong, way too fresh, you know, uh, personal space, to... The hookup culture that is the first fruit of the progressive sexual revolution, <clears throat> because it represents this innocent, seductive, nuanced uh, acknowledgement of human relationships, sexuality, and romance, and not in a way that is immediately destructive, that is exactly why they're going after it. That's, that's an, I had not thought of that. You just made me smarter, Aaron. I'm impressed. I assure you that was an accident, but hey, I'll take credit for it. By the way, Matt, before we get out of here uh, on the montage, we got to talk about Evan Eddy saying he's not going to run. Can I just make that? Can I just translate that for you? Is he running? Would. No. <laughs> that initial oppo dump was a motherless goat, bro. That's, that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, between the LA Times deconstructing his business interests, his legal ethical problems, with the Stormy Daniels' comments, you know, whether or not it's fake accusations of domestic violence or not, that initial oppo dump, that first step was a doozy. Make yourself a full-fledged candidate, and the house of cards collapses. That's what that was. That was a guy running for cover. More in a moment. Well, there are always trade-offs, aren't there? I mean, the the technological marvels we get to enjoy today have made our lives, uh, by and large, better, uh, easier, more blessed, but they come with a trade-off. They, they can also make us more vulnerable. You, you saw this with the, uh, the recent uh, break-in, I guess we would call it a cyber break-in with the Marriott Hotels. Here's the customer's data. Uh, stolen by identity thieves through Marriott. 500 million Marriott customers is the estimate. They took their names, financial information like their credit cards, uh, but their personal information as well, which would include their names, date of birth, their address, banking info, passports. You know, the, the kind of thing that you might use to claim I'm somebody else if I wanted to not just steal their identity, but go after their valuable assets as well. And do you know what your most valuable asset is? Uh, it's your home, particularly the equity uh, in your home. And with that kind of information, you call a county recorder's office, you're looking for something, and you've got that information handy, a social security number, the bank number, and they just start giving away information or they just go online uh, because all your home titles are online nowadays as well. And, and they're able to pilfer it even easier from there. 
uh, th with the banking info and everything else, maybe they've got a good look at your signature. It makes it easier for them to forge it themselves. You want to protect the equity, that valuable asset that is your most important investment, your own home. Home Title Lock can help you do that. All right, Just for pennies on a day, they put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The minute they detect anything sinister at all, they're on the case. And to find out if maybe your home has already uh, been targeted by thieves. You can get a free title scan and report from Home Title Lock. Normally costs $100, but it's free today uh, to our viewers and listeners at Blaze Media at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Well, he is our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation from Conservative Review. Our very own Daniel Horowitz is here to take us inside politics. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Great to be with you, Steve. So I, I also uh, described you earlier in the show as a truth bomb incarnate. And then we had a, a, bit, a bit of a debate. Which moniker would Daniel Horowitz more prefer? Weekly prophet of woe and lamentation or truth bomb incarnate? Uh, do you have a choice? I mean, I guess since it's your moniker, we'll give you the choice. Which do you prefer, Daniel? Well, I mean, Steve, I think nowadays they're synonymous. Anyone would r rather be the truth bomb than the bearer of, of uh, ill tidings. But, I mean, the reality is nowadays people dope themselves up on this political morphine. By definition, they want to be in La La Land and they don't want to hear the bad news mm -hmm. or they don't want to hear that um, we haven't climbed Mount Everest yet and we still need to do it. You know, it's a lot easier to deem yourself as having climbed it. Uh, so, hence... The truth these days is often rooted or fueled by bad news, and it's nothing I can do. I mean I'm looking for really transformational, meaningful things that Republicans are trying to do now, and I can't find them. I mean I'll report on it if I can find them, but I just can't. I mean that's the reality. It was first what? It was first Obamacare. That's done. They're for that. Now, defunding Planned Parenthood, that's off the table. And then tomorrow, on Thursday, they're going to vote for the last time. This is the seventh or eighth budget bill with an opportunity to affect the border, border wall, border security. That will be given away as well. And then Nancy Pelosi will take over the House. So, I mean, I could sit and talk about George H.W. Bush's life, and it's certainly you know something we should be uh, memorializing this week. But... Every week, there's always something to distract from why we are all supposedly here. Since we're coining the phrase truth bombs, you know, someone should write a book titled that. That'd be a cool title. But uh, since we're talking and we're dropping truth bombs, our colleague, uh, Nate Madden, he is our congressional correspondent for Blaze Media. He's got a quote from a former Conservative Hill staffer, congressional staffer, uh, on his Twitter account. Uh, Aaron alluded to it during his montage earlier this hour. And when Nate asked this former congressional aide, why can't or won't the Republicans keep their promise to defund Planned Parenthood? The answer he was given, and I quote, dead babies don't write checks, end quote. Your response to that? That's the truth bomb tend all truth bombs because everything else flows from there. I could do this on immigration. I could do this on healthcare. Um, I could do it on the border. Border security doesn't write checks. Uh, sheriffs from Pima County, Arizona don't write checks. Um, there is no money in what you and I want to do. There just isn't. Abstract principles, the Constitution, sovereignty, 
traditional values. There's no money there. There is no money. And, and by the way, this is why, let me just bring it back to abortion. L let's set the table. You have the last remaining month of a GOP trifecta control of government. And you have the opportunity as well as the challenge of abortion. You have the homosexual agenda with the uh, you know religious liberty problems. We have federal judges now saying that the Catholic uh, adoption agencies have to give over babies to same-sex couples. We have um, transgenderism being mandated in the military with uh, taxpayer funding for the castration uh, procedures mandated by judges. And there's not a single legitimate conservative, uh, social conservative group I'm seeing in Washington focusing on that. Mm -hmm. What are they focused on in unanimity? Gangbangers, letting the gangbangers that are responsible for the Chicago violence, as well as uh, the 72,000 people killed by, uh, by drugs, let them out of jail. That's social conservatism now. Now, has there been some sort of intellectual change? I think to a certain extent, there's an element of when you can't beat them, join them, where it's a lot easier to take the part of what you perceive as conservative that overlaps with the progressives and it's cool and you're not going to face adversity by pushing it. It's a lot easier to choose that. But Steve, it's the people who write the checks. That's what they want. This is their big issue. The other issues are not their issues. And in fact, they stand opposed to them. Hence the outcomes we face. Daniel, how do you argue against people who say, I agree with all of you guys on these issues, but we don't have the votes and there's no way to do this without shutting the government down, which is a massive political loser and cutting off your nose despite your face, right? That's the counter argument here. At least it's the counter argument from the right. So how do you respond to that argument? So first off, remember we had a government shutdown in 2015, right before the Virginia gubernatorial elections with Terry McAuliffe and Ken Cuccinelli, um, or this was, uh, it was 2013, I'm just, 2013, and uh, it was right before the Virginia elections in the state most affected by a government shutdown, and the CNN exit poll showed that it didn't hurt them at all. Um, people didn't care, and certainly if you extrapolate that nationwide, they don't care. But this is much more. This is the farthest away you could get from an election. You're going to have Pelosi control of the House. You're going to have a 20-field, person-field Democrat primary. Uh, you know, it, 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 we are worlds away from the next election. But then there's one more point. This is the easiest fight we've ever had. Why? This, In order to understand this, you got to understand the budget process a little bit. Typically, when we have a continuing resolution spill over several months into the new fiscal year, like we have now, we're a few months into fiscal year, fiscal year 2019, typically the entire government is on that stopgap bill. And if you don't renew it or have an omnibus long-term bill, that all 12 departments will shut down. Now, you and I both know that you know, 83% doesn't really shut down. Anything essential doesn't, but whatever. Mm -hmm. In this case, five of the seven departments responsible for 75% of the budget have already been funded. Ironically, because Republicans engaged in so much perfidy and betrayal, giving Democrats everything they wanted on policy and spending levels the last couple of months, we had the easiest budget process we've had in a decade. 
and they celebrate that. HHS, so all of healthcare, Social Security, Department of Education, Defense and Veterans, uh, Veteran Affairs, VA, is all funded for the remainder of fiscal year 2019. So it's just seven agencies, the departments, and a quarter of the funding, including DHS, where you can now isolate the border and harness a national discussion on the border, on the fleecing of Americans at the hands of illegals. This is the best opportunity you will ever have in a lifetime. How many this this would be the question I'd ask those on the right that give us give guys like you and I that that process argument. How many Republicans do you think we need to have in office then? How many? What's the number? What do you think the number is? How many how many senators do you need? 63, 57, 64. How many how many House Republicans do we need? 238, 251, 242. I mean, then, then, then tell me, tell me what the majority is that gets uh, promises they've made for decades done. What is it? What's the answer to that, Daniel? It is none, and the reason there is no number is because at some point you start working backwards. See, the more Republicans, right? The more, have, the more cover they're given, they not keep their promises. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Well, well that no, but I was going to make another point too. Then you, then the government shutdown might start hurting you because you look like a fool if you have eighty Republican senators. And you, and know, you can't get your own agenda you. passed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. How is yeah. the government shut down? In other words, I've been arguing, by the way, everything I've just said, notwithstanding that just because Pelosi takes over the house shouldn't mean this is over with. I mean, if anything, Pelosi is the perfect. I want to make sure I don't want to interrupt you. Just keep your train of thought. I think I want our audience to understand the point that, we, that you just made is vitally important. Why would it require a government shutdown for the majority to keep its promises? Why would the majority need to shut government down to keep its promises? Why would the majority need to shut government down to keep its promises? Why would the majority need to shut government down to keep its promises? Why would the majority need to shut government down to keep its promises? That point in question needs to be driven home. Continue. I'm sorry. Steve, that was the strongest argument I heard over the last two years not to push on these budgets because, heck, the public's going to say, how do you have a government shutdown when you control all three branches? That's never happened. Um, usually it happens when you have divided government. So if anything, there's actually more of a chance you have you have a better argument to make with Pelosi in charge. But again, it has nothing to do with logistics. They just don't believe in what you and I believe in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you listen to Mitch McConnell and they ask him about this. You don't hear from him them fighting words like you hear from Schumer and the Democrats. We will have our border wall. This is unacceptable. The drugs and the gangs coming in, the American people being taken advantage of. We are finally going to stop this. The Democrats are not going to shut down the government in order to defend an invasion at our border. No, he's like – well, no, I don't think it's likely to happen. I think uh, the Democrats are negotiating with the president. I mean, he sounds like a, a cable commentator. He doesn't sound like the leader of a center-right party. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's always been my criticism of McConnell. He, he, Whenever he talks, there's no like, hey, Mitch, what do you believe? What do you want? What are you pounding the left? And we know he's capable of it because, you know, when we, we just saw it last fall, 
with Brett Kavanaugh. The kind of messaging you're talking about, he was all, hey, he's going to be confirmed. This is going to happen. There's no doubt whatsoever we're going to have this vote. He did what you just asked with Kavanaugh. So we know that this isn't a lack of testosterone, temerity, conviction. He has different convictions. He has different beliefs. It's not a lack of capability. It's a lack of desire. That's an important point, too. I don't know when you came to that conclusion, but it's something that I know over the last eight or so years, I've slowly you know, realized that a lot of us just thought that they were weak. They were scared. Yep. Of the and I did, too, up. for many years. Yeah. yeah, they were scared of the narrative. And you know, you know when I've really realized it, I, I began to assume that they weren't weak and they just didn't agree with us the last few years. The Kavanaugh thing actually confirmed it for me, okay? <laughs> confirmed it. And, and it confirmed it, and it confirmed my other suspicion, which was they were, they were offended that the left would dare do this to one of their guys. And, and if, if, if they had done this to a male version of Amy Coney Barrett, they would have gone tsk, 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 and wrote many columns in, in, some, in, in conservative publications about what a terrible deal this is. But alas, the vote has been taken, and there is nothing we can do, okay? But since they dared do it to one of their Georgetown buddies, one of their bushy guys, one of the people that has served the system all of these years, and they dared to do them like they, did a, like they tried to do a Clarence Thomas, that, that now suddenly Gandalf throws the, the, the rod down and says, you shall not pass. That's what that was about. So we know they're capable of it. They just don't want to when it's our stuff. And it all gets back to the same point of who writes the checks and the fact that Democrats seek power while Republicans seek office. They want to be in office. So why do you want to be in office? Well, because I want to be majority leader. Why? Well, because I enjoy it. And therefore, it's a vicious cycle of raising money to get elected, and there's nothing else there. So they feel that the judicial stuff, not fighting the judiciary, but just getting their guys on the court, so to speak, um, is part of that mother's milk. And that's why you could have people like, you know, Chuck Grassley for years, this, you know, criminal justice bill, he railed against it with a greater degree of specificity and philosophical underpinnings than, than I inveigh against it with, you know, I mean, he was just bashing it in 20, as late as 2015, within six months, he inexplicably flipped because that's where all the money was going. And then now, I'm not kidding, Chuck Grassley is the chairman of Senate Judiciary Committee, he's heralded as the hero of the judicial confirmations, he is saying, I am willing to confirm fewer judges if it means chewing up the clock with some time to pass the jailbreak bill. Hmm. I mean, that's the degree of the perfidy you have because their beliefs are wherever their donors are at any given time. And I think the challenge for, for people like us and your audience is, what do we do if we don't really have donors who agree with us? I mean, that's, that, that's the problem. This, the, the two biggest differences between the, the two alleged sides is that on, on the left, or the, the first transition, which is corporate America used to fund our causes because they saw us as, as allies against uh, the left's over, you know, uh, reaching into their ability to make a profit. Uh, but they no longer do. And they, they're not on our side anymore. And progressivism has progressivism taken over the vast majority of boardrooms in America. And most corporations uh, are pro-democratic, actually. That's the first big change that's happened. The other big change is the major donors, like I got a pitch today from our former colleague, Rachel Semmel, wanting to book a guest on this show to push back on Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer is one of the biggest Democratic donors out there. He's, a, he's basically a crazy communist. 
And he writes massive. He would be one of the four, three or four biggest donors on the right if he were a Republican. And so the guys who write the biggest checks on the left are the biggest crazies. And the guys who write the biggest checks on the right are the, are the most progressive and moderate leaning. Those are, those are the two issues that you're describing. I got two minutes. I gave you the last word. Go ahead. And, and I think I know this is near and dear to Todd's heart, and I, I wrote a column about it on Friday. I think our only avenue is a strategic play to say, wait a minute. So why are these people donating to Republicans at all? I mean, if they're a bunch of progressives, I mean, just donate to the Democrats. So it, it really boils down to taxes and a couple of parochial regulatory <coughs> issues, meaning not deregulation across the board. And I think this is where we need to say, you know what? Why should we grease the skids for these guys to be empowered and saved by the Democrat taxation so then they're free to serve as their enforcers for mm-hmm. cultural Marxism? No, go eat it. And I think we need to hang back at this point and force them to pick sides because right now we're enabling them to play both sides of the fence and screw us in all ways. Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review, your weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, dropping the truth bombs here on Blaze Media. Good to talk to you, Daniel. See you next week, brother. Take care. You guys have a quick comment in the final minute we have on what we just heard from Daniel? Well, politics is a form of poker, and we keep playing and playing and playing, and on our there's no donors for our highest issue, and we keep going more and more into moral debt, you know, roll tide Christianity, things of that nature. We die. Once you get to that point, you're addicted to something that you have to step back from, and you can't play anymore, at least in the way you used to. I think that's what we need to look in the mirror on. Daniel just diagnosed it in one specific way, but we need to do it more broadly as well. Just really quickly, I mean, we are playing a different game. Another way of saying what, Todd, we're playing a different game. We need to wake up and understand very, very quickly it's the culture, stupid. Hmm. We'll come back hour number two. This uh, our daily truth bomb. We're going to play buy, sell, or hold, and more right here on Blaze Media. Stay tuned. All right, back with hour two of the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze Media. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. For those of you watching on the podcast today, last name is spelled, or I'm sorry, listening later on the podcast today. Uh, Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening via podcast. If you could leave us one of those five-star reviews, they would be appreciated. Uh, The more of you that do that, the more people that uh, try us out and the more this show gets to grow. Even if you just click the subscribe button, that, that's helpful, and it takes just a couple of seconds because those numbers pile up and help with the word of mouth as well. And people can see, hey, hey, this show is for real. It's, it's really growing. And you, you know what's often not for real, though? In the annals of awkward segues, that was one. Did you like that? That was not awkward at all. What are you talking about? Did you like that? That was was that was that good? I was I was down looking at uh, looking at my phone, and then you dropped that segue. Ah, seamless and professional. Because man, all right. Because well, you know, sometimes there's a good awkward, that's and then there's a name, pain. That's why your awkward. name is on the show. Sorry, that was that, just painfully awkward. <laughs> interrupting you. <laughs> no, yeah. no, painfully awkward is you interrupting me to compliment me, and me interrupting you while you're complimenting me. <laughs> After you interrupted me. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> painfully awkward. Your bedazzled t-shirt will say good awkward. It will not say crafty. <laughs> no, it needs to say crafty. 
And you know what? We're just out re, re, re-identifying things nowadays. I'm just re-identifying crafty as good awkward. <laughs> crafty awkward as Ron says. Crafty awkward, is that what that said in my ear? You're fired, Ron. Crafty awkward. Well, Ron, Ron is fake news, and, and so is a lot of your so-called uh, superfoods out there. Um, and how can you tell? Turn over the label, you know what it says? Well, here's what it doesn't say. Nutrition fact. And the reason it doesn't say that, because it's not a real food. The reason it says supplement fact, because it's an act, it's an extract and it's not really a superfood. It's a supplement. If you want a real superfood, that's a food, check out Brickhouse Nutrition and their new product, Field of Greens. I use it every day in my house. I absolutely love it. It's the only way I get my son Noah to actually consume uh, a daily serving of, uh, of vegetables uh, that he otherwise won't touch. Uh, it's got a full serving of certified vegan, vegetarian, and USDA organic fruits and vegetables. That means it comes from a whole food source. And since it's from a whole food source, it's going to be loaded with those God-given natural antioxidants that your body needs, particularly to boost that immune system here with cold and flu season upon us. It's a daily clean green energy that fuels your body for a happier, healthier lifestyle. And right now you can try it if you've never done so before. For a limited time offer, BrickHouseSteve.com. Visit that website, BrickHouseSteve.com. Use promo code Steve. Get 15% off of your first order if you do. BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. And you can begin today to experience a better you for tomorrow. All right, buy, sell, or hold coming up here in a few minutes. But first, today's truth bomb, which again... It's a completely contrived segment I created in order to help promote and drive pre-orders for my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise, uh, releases on January the 15th, but uh, pre-sales are available right now at Amazon.com. So for the smattering, the handful of those of you that are actually fans of this show looking for that Christmas gift, that's a pretty good idea. And my kids, by the way, would totally endorse that idea and think it's really cool of you to buy copies of it. Cause if we sell enough, I'm taking them to Disney next Christmas. True story. So is, is, was that manipulative? Hey, we're riding yeah. your coattails too. Yeah. So sell away, man. Yeah. Yeah, you want to take your kids. Do you like to take your kids to Disney next year? Preach. So sell some books, right? Wait, we get a cut of this too. Boy. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's the most exciting. He's ever been. I know. He's worked here two years. That's the most excited he's ever been. Right there. It's a truth bomb's miracle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to today's truth bomb. Here it is. I read that New Yorker article today and I thought, gosh, how pointless is my life and how pointless is the, are the decisions that I'm making on a day-to-day basis when we are not focused on climate change every day when it's not leading every one of our newscasts. She didn't think that. Uh, that, uh, uh, Today's truth bomb is that's total bunk, total BS. And Katie Turr over at MSNBC, and she's had me on her show and treated me respectfully, so it's not personal, just business, okay? That, that's not true. Okay. And here's how it's not true. Did she continue her, her broadcast? Did she just walk off the set? Did she just say, it's all meaningless, I'm out. 5,000 G, pour one out for Katie Turr. Did she do that? Did she go Doughboy in Boys in the Hood? I think we would have heard of it if uh, if she had. Yeah, she didn't pour one out. Is she is, is she is she taking the six seven figure check from NBC Universal this pay period, Todd? Yes or no? I'm quite certain. Yeah, that she's okay, cashing. So, so pretty sure, hundred percent confident 
All right. I'm not confident we will ever. It'll, I'm not confident in the next two years if he's still here, we'll see that level of excitement from Aaron McIntyre again. All right. But I am. I am. I am 100 percent confident. Katie Turr doesn't really believe that. And again, getting a start head start on next year's theme. No BS. Call this is this is this is whining. At best, it's whining. At worst, it's be it's a it's it's a next level contrivance. You don't really believe things are meaningless. Otherwise, you'd walk off. You'd quit doing this. Why? What, by your own admission, then you're pursuing something that is meaningless. Who does that by their own admission, Todd? Who does that? Nihilist. Well, most people in the world these days. <laughs> well, what? To my sorry. To my generation, what is the worst possible thing to be? A hypocrite. What do we call somebody whose actions don't match their rhetoric, even if their rhetoric matches their stated beliefs? Uh, uh, that a hypocrite. Yeah. So that's not true. Katie Turr doesn't believe that. If she did, she'd walk off. She'd stop making money. Promoting what, by her own admission, therefore, is meaningless. She doesn't believe that. And neither does anybody else on social media saying anything along those lines whatsoever. None of them. Not a single one. None of them believe it. Isn't isn't she just, isn't that peak progressive, though, that even when they're, like, burning down Berkeley— I, and I've, they 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 believe it at that emotional level. We just got done talking about uh, the senator from Hawaii. I mean, there, there's just a level of raw insanity that they are dealing with. There is a yes and a no to the question on on see, their belief system. See, yeah, and I when Todd came in this morning and I listened to that for the first time, I said, you know, the most tragic thing about this is that she's being intellectually consistent. She's just not being actionably consistent mm. uh, with this at all. I, and it is it is that really weird uh, part of progressivism that kind of um, trying to be stuck in two gears at the same time, where mm-hmm. sometimes, if you're lucky, they'll be intellectually consistent. They will hardly ever, hardly ever, it was like the buy-sell hold that you thought was amazing last week, uh, will progressives ever go full Thanos? This is. I think this is what we're talking about. I think it's another I word along the lines of what Aaron's talking about, taking it to its next logical conclusion. It's another I word, Todd. It's not insanity, and it's one you should recognize pretty easily because you're a father. It's a maturity. No, uh, it's yeah. your children saying, "Oh, I love that song." No, you don't. And we said it too. You don't really love that song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you guys! I never get my way around here. Nobody loves me. Nothing's. It's not fair. My whole life's over. You ever hear those kinds of phrases at all? Well, she's not. Yeah, and she's she's not a dummy, and she no. I've started her be a pro before, but just the cadence of it was actually like she was the thirteen-year-old waking. Yes, it's just a our fair. children. Are, our children, when we do that, and when we did that as children, aren't dummies either. We're children. When I was a child, I thought, spoke, and reasoned as a child. When I became an adult. I set aside such childish yeah. things. She's not an adult, at least not in that clip well, she's not. And that's what I meant, and you're saying it better when I said, well, that pretty much describes most of humanity Well, and that, does, and that describes, in the, in, at the heart of progressivism is essentially this motto, because I want to. Yeah. That, that's, that's essentially what's at the heart of progressivism, because I want to. And that's why I can I can throw out self-refuting logic. That's why I don't have to exhibit any self-awareness whatsoever 
like Congresswoman Hirano or Senator Hirano hilariously claiming an hour ago on the show when we talked about it that the left is not emotional enough. Okay, I don't I don't have to explain double standards. I don't have to explain discrepancies. I don't have to seek redemption, forgiveness. I don't have to do anything. Okay, because when you really boil it down. Postmodernism's motto is I emote, therefore I am. But the progressives are beginning to slowly but surely transition out of postmodernism into open culture terraforming, as we talked about yesterday. Right. And so now it's just because I want to. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, lives a morality that is 180 degrees different from where we typically get our morality. But now he's going to use words like judgment and sin. Why? Even though he, re- even though to live the way he has chosen to live, he has to reject those notions to begin with. But now he's going to not ju- after rejecting them, he's now going to readopt them, co-opt them, and refashion the idol in the in the image that he wants. Why? Because I wanna. Because I wanna. That is really progressivism. That's the bumper sticker. Because I wanna. They're children. That's really what they are. And they wanna. They don't. When they when I said that they believe it and they don't believe it at the same time. They they don't believe what they believe affirmatively. They really don't connect the dots on where this thing goes. Um, and they know they can't. They believe it in the negative because it's it's inherently iconoclastic. It's anti God. That's the depth at which they truly do believe this stuff. Yes. Uh, go back. I, I, I conversation I had with Zoe this morning since it's Zoe Day here on the show, right? So one of the things that, uh, that, I'm, that, that I incorporated, we homeschool our kids, and one of the things I incorporated in, in, into the, a PE curriculum with them is once a week, they work out with me. Noah works out with me about three days a week. Zoe works out with me two days a week, all right? And one of the days that Zoe and Noah come to the gym with me together uh, is uh, we have a competition. And, at, and we do it today. It's Wednesdays because Wednesday is my kickboxing cardio day. All right. So while I'm doing kickboxing cardio during that 25 minute time, they run laps on the track around the Y and, and they compete against each other or themselves. And I pay them a certain, I count the laps because they have to run by where I'm kickboxing. And so I keep track of how many laps they run in the time I'm doing my kickboxing session. And they went a certain instance, 10 miles around the, around the gym is one mile. All right. That's the so they get a certain amount of money per lap for for reaching the one mile mark, and then every lap on top of that is kind of like time and a half. They get more money. All right. So Zoe tells me this morning she has dance. She had she has her dance troupe on Tuesday nights, and she texts me this morning. I hurt my leg. I'm not feeling good. Is it okay if I don't go? And I saw her pretty little rear end moving around quite nice when I got home when she got home from dance troupe last night. I don't think she's hurt. Okay, let's just keep it real. I don't think she's hurt at all. I think I think she's got what we used to call the brown bottle flu. Just I don't feel like running this morning flu. You know what I'm saying? My, my leg doesn't want to run this morning is really what it is. And so I texted her back. I said, well, this is how, you know, you earn money once a week. So this so if you're you if you're really hurt, then you're then you you're, if you're really hurt, understand it's going to cost you money. And that's your decision to make. That's all I said. OK, but are you mad at me? I said, that's irrelevant. I'm not, it's not my money, it's yours. You're the one, you're making a decision not to earn it. So I just wanted to make sure, my job as your dad is to make sure you're aware of the consequences of the choice and then you get to make the choice and you're making the choice. But I, but are you mad at me though? That's irrelevant again. All right, it, it's, this is the issue, okay? So I, I am trying to have 
subject predicate period. Here, here's the process, the decision you get to make, and the consequences that of, of that decision. She's over here wanting affirmation, approval on an emotional level. And that's, a, that's an example of what that clip is right there. Is that you say stuff like that so that your social media feed will be, your mentions will be full of, yeah, I agree with you, Katie. I feel just terrible. I can't believe these Republicans just hate the earth and these Christians and they're, who think they're, their God made the planet and they don't care about the fact we're destroying it and tearing it up and using it. And, you know, and by the way, I, I, I stopped. I'm on a, a, a nine mile trip on my SUV across town and I just pulled over. Uh, and let the car running because it's cold out. So I didn't text and drive. And I'm sending this to you right now because I'm just feeling you uh, while I'm crashing. I'm crushing my carbon footprint this moment. That's what we're, that's what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That is what you're dealing with. And so Zoe wants me to approve of the decision she's making. I'm trying to communicate to her, it's not my decision. It's not my body. It's not my money. It's yours. So... I'm just telling you logically, these are the consequences for your actions. I'm leaving in 20 minutes. If you're in the car, I assume you're going. If not, we'll go without you. She's Katie Turretin. Uh, it's just my leg's really bad, and I need you to not be mad at me and tell me it's okay. She wants affirmation. She wants she wants uh, emotional uh, reassurance. And that, And hey... We're not Vulcans. We're not saying there's never a time and place for this. And if you've spent 20 minutes in my home, you probably wouldn't get it from the last 10 minutes of this conversation. But if you've spent more than 20 minutes in my home, you may come away with a lot of criticisms of me. One of them would not be, I don't baby Zoe enough. Ask her siblings, okay? I mean, this is Zoe's always been the one that when the other two kids want something, they always have, since she could talk, hey, you go ask dad, he'll probably give it to you, okay? So uh, it, this is not... Uh, I understand we are human beings and there is a time and a place for emotional affirmation, particularly, you know, you and I raise daughters. They are different than boys. It, it, it's more of a time and a place for them uh, than it is, you know, for Noah. He needs some emotional affirmation, not as much as his sisters do. So I'm not saying, again, we're the show that tells you people are people. They're not constructs, things of that nature. But emotion is emotion doesn't equate conviction. You can have conviction with emotion. You can have it, but you can have all kinds of emotion without any conviction. Can I get a witness on that? All right. That's what we're talking about. Yes. That's emotion without any conviction. I don't doubt the sincerity of her emotion. I didn't say that. I didn't say she didn't feel that. Is that what I said? No. No. What I said is she didn't what? Believe it. I just said she doesn't really believe that. I'm sure she feels this way. And she'll probably be feeling it all the way home in her in her uh, in her unmarked car that dro- picks her up at Thirty Rock when she gets off the air, and and you know takes her out to the upper to her you know penthouse flat on the Upper East Side where you know she's going to try to figure out is is tonight's takeout Chinese or that new Turkish place? Okay, I'm sure she'll be feeling it the whole damn time. So she feels it like Al Gore and his mansions yeah. and like uh, Bernie and his yes. three houses. Sure. Yes, she doesn't really believe it though. She doesn't really believe it. That, that, so emotion, you can have, emotion can coincide with conviction. It can happen. You can have conviction without emotion too. But you know what? You can have plenty of emotion with no conviction whatsoever. You're just, you're just emoting. And you know who has emotion without conviction? Children do. 
because Zoe was running around the basement just fine when she got home from dance last night. Suddenly, and, and maybe her leg did hurt last night, by the way. But the, but the, the emotional significance of, I don't want to go running tomorrow, wasn't, wasn't causing an, uh, her to act on that belief at 9.30 in my home last night the way it did at 7.30 in my home this morning. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. So, that's the, so I'm not doubting the sincerity of her emotion. I'm not doubting the sincerity of most of progressives' emotions, frankly. I'm doubting the sincerity of most of their convictions. That either most of their convictions are wrong and or they don't actually believe the stuff they claim to believe because they don't act on it. Faith, I mean, if we've been talking about progressivism as a religion, that was the clip we put out from yesterday, right? Well, then let's just go some old-time religion here. Faith without works is what, Mr. Joe Q. Catholic? What's faith without religion or faith without works? Dead. Dead. Where's her works? Katie, show me your faith by showing me your works. Show me your works. Show me you really believe life is now meaningless because we're not all out on climate change. How'd you get to work last night? How'd you get home? How'd you get to work? How are you planning on getting to work today? Did you walk? Ride a bike? Just ski a windmill? How'd you get to work? What, what are they using to put you out over the air there, Mr. How are you getting out over the air? You get uh, 10 cups tied up with string. What's being used to get your message out? What? Hey, what powered Matt, uh, what, do you, what do you think powered Matt Lauer's rape dungeon there at your work office? What powered that, do you think? Think they were using solar? What do you think? Yeah. I don't doubt the sincerity of her emotion. I fully doubt that there's any sincerity of conviction. That's what I doubt. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Here's how it works each week. Our producer, Aaron, was originally supposed to come up with these. But I'm but just on the take. I, that's all you need to know. Yes. So instead, he outsources this to you, the people. And each week, we get a series of statements on a variety of topics. Todd and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully, we have a good reason why. And if we don't, and we choose to make a hold, it better be because what Aaron is, is asking us to respond to is so lame. It is beneath the dignity of our 87 IQs. For any reason beyond that, you will be mercilessly and ruthlessly condemned and ridiculed, according to the due code, for punking out and not taking a stand. And you can't use more than one hold per week. Yeah. Aaron, you're up. All right, EDA. We'll start off with uh, Gender McGenderface says the Democratic primaries of 2020 will be a mirror darkly image of the Republican 2016 primaries, meaning a large number of socialists or far left candidates. And the moderate no one wants to win will win, such as Hillary Clinton. So, so I don't think there's any chance whatsoever she is the Democratic nominee. Like uh, it's not, not a like Hillary Clinton, neg- like- but just a moderate in the Democratic Party will win. Oh, a- an archetype of a Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She's not really moderate, though. That's a misconception I see a lot. Like she, she may be by mo- she may be by what what the leftist leftist leftist. Yes, but, yeah. by what by what the Democratic Party That's is true. becoming. She, she is a capitalist, be. after all. Um, so I'm trying to think of who is going to run and who would be a Hillary archetype, career mm-hmm. politician with high unfavorables. Pocahontas. I don't know what her unfavorable. Nowhere are, near. They're they're not great, but they're nowhere near as bad. Nowhere near as bad. I, I I don't believe there's anybody with a realistic shot to win in their party that matches her profile. Do you? I don't. Mm. 
That's I, not to say I don't believe there's anybody that's that they would that's not highly vulnerable. But I mean, with all of the collective baggage she brings to the table, I, I really believe she was the worst major party presidential candidate in American history. I believe that. When you look at the negatives, her lack of ability to articulate, her resume, um, I, I, I think she was the weakest candidate either major party has ever nominated. Don't think there's any question about that. I, so I don't, I don't, especially when you take into account her competition. Yes. So I, I don't, I don't know how they could emulate that. Do I think as an archetype, meaning as a full, as a composite, do I think they could make similar mistakes? Yeah. I mean, if I, and I've talked we've talked about that. We already know what the 2020 election is. If they nominate an, an elected office person with a, with a record that can be trolled on the culture war issues that are Trump's, you know, um, that are his uh, number one, you know, thing to lash out at and the number one thing the base loves about him, then they will be very vulnerable. But I mean, the full composite of all the negatives Hillary Clinton brings to the table, I don't know that they have a candidate like that who has a chance. So on on the merit of that, I think I have to sell. I think, well, uh, this guy might compare Biden to her in that is is Hillary there's the baggage of Bill and all that and the and the past that they want to move on from uh even though he was Obama's vice president is he vice president that was a nod ultimately to the old ways i think that's undeniably true uh and and so is is he a guy that is still for for progressives looking at like, why, why do we need Joe Biden we, we are we have moved on to Ocasio uh, Cortez uh, and company. So I, th- I'm selling. It, it, I, I think Biden is not going to be just welcomed in, um, and and showed much uh, uh, deferential treatment from people who are fans of Ocasio Cortez. Well, I'm glad you brought up Biden because he is. He's one person. The more I've thought about him since I laid out what's going to happen in 2020. I'm not sure how he fits in the paradigm. He is more of a Venn diagram. Uh, first of all, he's exceedingly more liked and likable yeah. than Hillary Clinton. It's just not even close. Okay? True. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, so right away, it doesn't work on the merits. The, there is no, and, and I understand, I'm going to get inundated. You're not Biden's target audience. You are not. No, but none of, almost none of you watching right now or listening are going to be his target audience. I'm not talking about, like I got emails from people, I never found Obama likable. You were never his target audience, all right? So most of you in li- watching and listening right now are not Joe Biden's target audience. I'm sure there's some of you that are persuadable, some of you that are le- liberal, but overwhelmingly the audience consuming this product right now is not a, a, a treasure trove of votes to be mo- potentially mined by the Democratic nominee in 2020. Stipulated? Stipulated. Yeah. Okay. So Biden, Biden's, Biden's not going to get elected because I've never voted for a Democrat in my whole life, and I think the party's communists doesn't like him. That's not why he won't get elected. We're talking about people like my mom or other family members you have that he right away, the immediate objection of Hillary Clinton just, I can't stand her. He takes that off the table right away. Even as, and to those people, his malaproms, like, 
Oh, man, I forgot. Stand up for Paul. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Paul or John, whatever that guy's name was. I don't remember, okay? We, we laugh and think it's a malaprompt to the kinds of people I'm talking about. It's almost kind of self-deprecating and kind of endearing, all right? So he already won't fit into her box because on a likability scale, if we're doing binary choice, gun to your head, who's more likable, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton? That's a pretty easy one, actually. It's Uncle not even, Joe. Yeah, Uncle Joe's not even close, all right? I, the ideological dilemma he presents, you are you articulated it well, because um, he is kind of a bridge from the old Democratic Party to the new leftist one, uh, and he's been around long enough to be a part of the old Democratic Party. I mean, there's all I'm sure there the oppo research the GOP has of of Senator Biden in the 80s taking tough stances on immigration and stuff. I'm sure that would be glorious. I'm sure, and and I'm sure it's. Wildly available. Not to okay? mention Me Too Creeper Joe. Yes. There's no doubt about that. All right. Uh, because those clips are that Oppo research is out there as well. He does have some of the Obama Easter blessing. You know what I mean? He's knighted in a way he, as the as the as the first uh, officer, the the first mate of the Obama era. Um, I have to believe if he there's no way he would run without having Obama's blessing and uh, endorsement up front. I don't think he w- because if if he runs and doesn't have that, what's the how do you overcome that objection, right? How do you overcome well, the objection of I'm the old white guy in the Democratic Party and the most beloved figure in the party that I served ably for eight years and loyally didn't endorse me? I don't know how how do you possibly well, overcome that objection? It's beyond that. If Obama clearly plays plans on playing a major role of that and anointing somebody and he knows it's not going to be joe but he will it's going to looks like something different yeah mm-hmm. i mean and i think that's what obama's going to do i mean i don't, don't do you have any doubts that obama's gonna have his both hands you know all the way in this thing uh to some yes yeah, so just a matter of who the hands who's the hands are who and, the hand of blessing and, is upon and it's as likely okay? as it's going to be somebody else you think it's, like, it's going to be the field I don't think over it's all, joe I don't, like i don't think it's 50 50 that it, i don't think it's 100 it's uncle joe i think it's more like 50 50 i agree yeah but that's why if I'm Joe Biden, right. I can't overcome that objection. I'm already a white male running an, inter- an old right. white male running an intersectionality party. So I need Barack Obama's yeah. hands of blessing and anointing upon me from day one. If I don't have that from day one, they start they start chipping away at that at, at my name ID armor with that counter that I can't counter. You know, because no one knows me better than Barack Obama. So why isn't he out here that's campaigning a, for yep. me? I can't overcome that objection. I think also. He had, he's the only Democrat I can think of that has held elected office and is eligible to run who has any chance standing on a stage holding his own with Trump's trolling. Like I can see him returning fire. I'm not saying he's in, I'm not saying he would, I, I don't, I, I have, I don't know if he could match jab for jab or blow for blow, but this would not be, you know, Michael Spinks versus Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth and I'm knocked out in 30 seconds. Like he, he he has some dude in him. I could see him standing up there and at least for a time able to avoid being completely emasculated by Trump's attempts to troll the H E double hockey sticks out of him in front of a hundred million people. I don't I don't see him going Spartacus. I don't see like there's no way Cory Booker could stand up to that. Do you think? No, I think you're actually underselling Joe's ability to. You last think he could more ring. than go back and forth? I think he might be the one guy because he's just a little nutty himself. So, if if he could get Barack Obama's blessing up front, then I think he could be a strong candidate for the Democrats. That may violate 
some of my 2020 analysis. We'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold next. Stay tuned. Well, it's one of the biggest mass identity thefts in American history. 500 million Marriott customers had their identities thieved via Marriott, including their names, financial information, personal information like uh, the date of birth, address, banking info, passports, which means it's even more vulnerable now. Uh, The titles to those homes and the equity in those homes, which is the most valuable asset that the thieves go after with a new criminal uh, scam called home title fraud. And this is where they go online, where your home title is located nowadays, uh, and they forge a signature, claim they're you. Uh, and they start liquidating that equity. Uh, And then when you try to do it, when maybe you've got a wedding, it's your only princess and you're going all out and you've built up years of equity in the home and you're like, you know what? I'm taking out that HELOC, that home equity line of credit to give my one princess the wedding she deserves and you go to do that and the equity is all gone. Or, you know, your parents, maybe they're retired, not that tech savvy, but they've lived in that home all those years. They've paid it off. They've got mountains of equity or so they think, but somebody thieved their home title and that equity is gone. Don't let that happen to you, especially when for just pennies a day, our friends at Home Title Lock can put that virtual barrier around your home's title. And you don't know, it might even be targeted already. Here's how you can find out for free. Get a free title scan and report. That's right. I said free. Free title scan and report via our friends at HomeTitleLock.com. That's a $100 value. Yours free today when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's continue with this week's Buy, Sell, or Hold. Aaron. Our wit is next. Changing your outdoor bulbs to red and green is not an acceptable, uh, acceptable alternative to hanging Christmas lights. Buy. Either hang Christmas lights or don't do it at all. Uh, I, I don't get why this is a thing. Why is this a problem? Just You mean just like your normal security lights outside changing? Yeah. That's what we're yeah, doing? People do that in in, uh, in in suburbia all the time. Yeah, I've got I've got a green outdoor light. And you're yeah. against that, Aaron? To the death. Man. <laughs> I got... Listen, I, I'll just answer for me, but... I'll take mountains of mohills for $1,000, Alex. Yes. There were, I don't know, several years in a row where I got up on the roof... And it was fun, and I enjoyed it and felt like I was, you know, checking the box that needed to be checked. But our lives continued to get busier with the kids' stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I haven't gotten – no, I I have a manger scene. I light that thing up. I think you got to allow for a little bit more uh, leeway there, man. Yeah. I'm with you. No. Yeah. Boy, I kind of think it might be – counterproductive to make the message of Christmas about my legalistic uh, traditions and petty uh, codes. Who are you talking to, Steve? Who are you talking to? <laughs> just just get throw that out there. I oh, think that so it's just the, an, the message just of an, Christmas might be lost j- on Just us. an non-sequitur then, just a... Just yes. a harmless non sequitur. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a you know we've got I've I've got an inflatable nativity which is really cool I, I think anyway in the front yard. Uh, we've got a white tree because my grandmother Myrna had a white tree all my life and I loved it when I was little, 
And we, Amy finally agreed to let me buy one. We bought one a couple of years ago. You know what we found at Walmart is, and I guess this was on Shark Tank, it's this thing where you, it's like strands of lights and instead of trying to strand it and everything yourself, you set this thing down on the top of the tree and the lights flow down. It's like 10 bucks. Really? Yeah, and and there's different. You can change the colors and different oh, themes and I stuff. Mean, next year, I think it's yeah. re- we just. I bought two of those to just you know totally bedazzle it up, you know, because I'm big into blue Christmas lights. I love blue. I think the blue Christmas lights are really pretty, you know. So they're I, really what? They're really pretty. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a promo. <laughs> When he said they're really what, that was him saying, marking the tape. <laughs> that, that's now what's going to be bedazzled on the shirt. Blue is really pretty. <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any Chris, Christmas gotcha. decorations. We used to have some t-shirt game. It's, yeah. it's gone. Sorry, yeah. America. <laughs> Blue is really pretty is our new t-shirt. <laughs> I used to have, I used to have, um, I don't have any, I don't have any Christmas decorations up at my place. Uh, because that's my Christmas tree right back there. You can, so zero. I didn't Christmas tell you to lights. do that. You did that. I know. Yourself. We need. I know. I'm not. Okay. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming. Yeah. Right. Zero Christmas lights is better than two <sighs> red and green bulbs. Yep. That's what we just learned. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna. This is a hard sell yeah. for me. Hard sell. Uh, Jim Acosta's alternate universe or alternate universe Acosta says Trump actually achieves a trade deal with China with moderate to low tariffs before 2020. I don't think there will be tariffs by 2020. Yeah, I'll, I can I'll buy, buy some version of that. Yeah. I mean, because what's moderate mean? What's a moderate tariff? Do you know what that means? No, that's can you, why can I'm you define saying. that can, for me? They can only moderately rape and pillage us, I, our, our economy. I mean, at the very least, whatever deal is struck, Trump is going to tweet. These are just moderate tariffs. That now That's they true. will pay to raid our country's. <laughs> See, I still, I still can't believe he said that. I still. You gotta pay to raid our wealth around here. As long as you pay us, you can just rape us blind. Yep. America first. I still believe he's. That's what he's doing with these. It's not some great economic scheme. I, he he he's playing chicken just like he always did in Manhattan. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, D- it's just we're the ones we're the well, ones paying yeah, the freight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, D says uh, President Trump will end 2018 by retiring his self-proclaimed title of tariff man and begin 2019 with his new moniker, Comprehensive Immigration oh, Reform Boy. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, wow. Steve, yes. Steve oh smoke a cigarette. That's that that's, that that might be that's, more brutality than even I. That's am willing not, to to. to to yeah. acquiesce to. It's not even the most brilliant uh, bias I'll hold suggestion this week either. But that, who was that again? Uh, that was Dan P-S-C-U. Oh, at boy. Dan P-S-C-U. Oh, boy. Boy. I'll buy. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, bye. I'm going to sell on the grounds that I believe he'll he's, he's going to get primaried by one of these lefty Republicans. <laughs> that That will move him to the right. Yeah. But I think barring something like that, I think that could absolutely happen. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Patton says, Dace producer will not have a single solitary submission for his own on buy, sell, hold today. That is a buy. Brett uh, Rossback says, bread pudding. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, sell. that, And I've never had it, but I... You're selling something you've never tried. I, I am. I'm quite confident you have too, because you are the ugly American. Well, here's the thing though. I mean, we, like, is, when people say we've never tried, I mean, the sun is hot. How do you, have you touched it? How do you know? I mean, there's some things you kind yes. of been instinctively know, right? Bread pudding is soggy bread. Okay. So here's the thing. Is I'm, it sweet? 
I'm yeah, as a culinary delight, as a white trash culinary delight, it's an absolute buy. But I got to tell you, man, in terms of what it can potentially do Don't tell to us one's digestive tract, I got to sell, man. This doesn't have to be a system conversation. So, I mean, to me, if we're talking like Costco size samples where I'm just grabbing a bite, I'm like, that was really good. I'm, I would highly recommend. If we're talking portion here, I do that. I do that uh, puppy at home. And it, it, since I've never made bread pudding at home, I've only seen it in restaurants. I made that mistake once. And like uh, Johnny, like uh, Joe Piscopo said on Johnny Dangerously, once. I made that mistake once. And it's, it's on my uh, do not call list. So I mean, if I came, if I came home and you know, for Christmas, and Amy's like, I got a bread pudding recipe. You want me to try it? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Let's give it a shot. As long as we're doing that at home. Because uh, not in public, brother. Now, now, listen, if you're irregular, you know, if you've got some, you know, issues there, and it's not as easy for you to go, then I would, I, you know, there's, there, there are worse laxatives. But understand that that is what you are digesting. Yeah. Just ruining Christmas. <laughs> this is a public service announcement. This is the most brilliant buy-sell hold. It was a great public service announcement. This is the most brilliant buy-sell hold I've ever seen. Bradley Bacon says, everyone driving slower than me is driving th- too Bye. slow. Everyone driving faster than me is driving too fast. Buy. Buy on both, cash money. I, and I do this too when I go down the interstate, like when Noah and I went to Chicago for the Michigan North, Northwestern game. I'm in the left-hand lane the whole time, going 85. And if, if you go, if you're in the left-hand lane, you slow me down, uh, not tolerated. But if you're like coming up behind me, to me, I'm thinking if I'm going 85, that's fast enough. You don't need to go any faster than that. So I just stay there. And I don't move. (laughs) Jan Michelson believes you should be arrested, by the way. Yeah, there was one time that I was going uh, 90. That's that's a radio mentor of mine for 99% of our audience that doesn't get the reference. I was going 90 miles an hour down uh, 35 from Minnesota. And uh, I was getting kind of used to people kind of tailgating me because they didn't want to be as fast as I was. But but finally, I got tailgated by this one car, but it never passed me. Mm -hmm. And um, then the lights came on. (laughs) <laughs> nice oh that's well played i mean i will like look too i'll like look in my rearview mirror if i see like a woman sweating you know and her feet up because like they're trying to get to a hospital you deliver a kid yes then i will move oh you but anything short of that no you don't need to go faster than me 85 is fast enough slow down i'm go. i got this you follow s- my lead you're being dead serious i am dead serious i'm serious i, I will do that if I see if I see evidence of some emergency situation, but if it's just a couple, some dude driving his pickup truck, no, you don't need to go any faster than that. I got this. <laughs> That's just a jerk store move, really. <laughs> it's nothing short of. Don't the- act like you're surprised. <laughs> I'm not. But wow, um, yeah, I'm I'm selling. I think because of the fast thing. As long as you're in the left hand lane. Uh, and not swerving in and out and doing that thing, going around people on the right. You can pretty much go. This should be the, pretty much close to the Audubon. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Whitworth says Joe Biden will run for president in 2020. Kind of already talked about well, here's that. Here's the thing. You're, what, you're really, yeah. what you're really asking me is, is this Barack Obama yes. surrogate candidate? Yes. That's what you're really does – Barack, does Barack Obama want to go all in on behalf of Joe Biden at, and and – 
and I'm, I'm going to punk out now. I'm going to take a hold. And here's why I'm going to take a hold. Because I think we need to see, I think this is a zero-sum game. I think, I think if Joe Biden announces for president without Barack Obama's endorsement, his value diminishes as a candidate from that moment on and continues on. But I think I think the I, I think he to be assured of that endorsement, we've got to see because you know Barack Obama politically is a, still a young man, and it's clear that he wants to have an audience and a platform uh, that he's not interested in you know the, rec- the reclusiveness of your typical ex presidents and you know Bill Clinton was like that for a while but it's kind of been with, with the exception when Hillary ran he's kind of been you know out of the public eye for the most part and has enjoyed retirement I don't Barack Obama is much more of an ideologue. And so he wants a platform. He wants to say, and I, and I think it's gonna. I think we don't know right yet if some new like we think Kamala Harris isn't a strong candidate, but we're not again her target audience in a promo or in a promo in a primary. And so I, I think Barack Obama is going to need some time. Like I could see Joe Biden announcing an exploratory committee. We're talking about a formal declaration, right? If we're talking a formal declaration, I'm going to hold. Because I think Barack Obama needs some time to see if a, if, if a more if hardened progressive candidate that, that it's, that's going to serve his customer base longer than Joe Biden will has a chance to catch fire before he anoints Joe Biden as essentially his proxy in the race. I agree with all of that. I am going to sell just based only on what he wants right now in this moment. And right now in this moment, Joe Biden is his safety school. He wants to find that person you're talking about. So that, and I'm assuming he's going to do his best to find it, muscle it into creation in any way he can. So I'll sell. Pat Riot says Planned Parenthood can keep receiving $500 million a year so long as it changes its name to generational genocide. Oh. You know, I, I'm on moral grounds, I no. wouldn't give them a dime at all, but I'm going to buy this. Because I want to reward what was the guy's name? Pat. Pat Riot. I, I want I want to reward his attempt. I, I see what he's doing. Hey, as long as you're being honest about yeah. what you're really doing yep. here, and we are yep. we we literally verbalize this to the people. There's a certain amount of uh, of ingenuity mm-hmm. along with that. That um, I, I like. I, I I want to reward the effort if nothing else. So uh, I'm going to give you the uh, James Tiberius Kirk. Uh, commendation for original thinking for sneaking into the Kobayashi Maru, Maru control room uh, the night before the test and reprogramming it. Uh, I'm going to give you one of those. I'm going to buy because I like the ingenuity. Fair enough. If the, I'll burn it with fire, but sure, buy. Jacob Hibbard says the American right has transformed itself into the European right by embracing nationalist big government. Sell. I don't think there is a nationalist movement. I don't think there is a there's no nationalist movement in Europe. It's a fringe movement that kind of picks and pecks at the heels uh, of this of the neo progressive fake center right of Europe. Well, Steve, what about Brexit? I think that was a populist notion and not a nationalist Agreed. one. And it was also a referendum, meaning I don't have to get behind or join an association sure. to vent. Sure. 
Okay, uh, there's there's a lot of reasons people voted for Brexit, and a lot of people did it who don't know what the Sam Hill nationalism is, and, and couldn't and couldn't spell, uh, you know, uh, uh, populist. They're just fed up with the system. We went. Who's the who's the the uh, candidate in France? Macron. No, the, that was the oh. alt right uh, uh, oh, lady, the woman, yeah, the I woman. Yeah. yeah. And remember the story we read about her in her race and the Catholic woman who says, "I'm a devout Catholic. I don't really appreciate her abortion stances or anything she's for. I'm just so tired of right. my voice not being heard. I yeah. voted for her anyway." Yeah. Okay. I think that was a lot of the of the Brexit thing. Yep. All right. So I don't believe there's any nationalist movement moment. I think the nationalist moment was as fake as the libertarian moment. I think I think do I think there are serious nationalists and serious libertarians? Yeah, I know some of them. But I think I think that we had a nationalist moment for the same reason we had a libertarian moment. People have realized that conventional conservatism in no way shape or form has the balls or the ingenuity or the resources to truly take the system on and so they're looking for the new thing that'll be their vehicle or platform to express and exercise their frustration and libertarianism was that in, in a few years ago populism and nationalism is that now and it will be whatever the new fad is when people realize you conservatives really aren't going to fight the system you're just going to give sell out to whatever the republican party wants aren't you when and 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 so that's what the nationalism is the new thing that pop that that and populism was and libertarianism was but there is no movements associated with any of those things yeah, I'm with him. Exactly. All right. Uh, gun to your head rounds. No time for explanations. Preston Randall says, nobody not named Saban or Swinney wins the national championship in the next four years. Buy, sell, or hold, Steve? Sell. Sell. All right. Uh, let's see. Jarvis Redwine says, because its followers must live in a perpetual state of being outraged, triggered, or offended, progressivism is the perfect example of a works-based religion. Oh, bye. Brilliant. Bye. Moving on, Elliot Evans says, uh, I'm going to change this for him. William's last Christmas is better than wonderful Christmas time. Oh, my God. Gun to your head, Steve. Bullet. <laughs> yeah. It comes Very to nice. that. End this. Uh, frozen Reese's peanut butter cups. Buy. Buy anything Reese's peanut butter cups. And you're buying too? Yes. Okay. Uh, Chuck Gregory says, per Clay Travis prediction, Urban Meyer hired as head coach of USC Trojans in 2020. I could buy that. Yeah, buy. You're buying. Uh, let's see. Constantinos Roditis, who f- sponsors but not funds Finally! this, this uh, Now segment. the circle is now complete. Uh, the Weekly Standard's downfall is because they are neither conservative nor pro-Trump. There is no market for establishment Republicanism, and being against something isn't powerful enough of a motivational factor to gain subscribers. You must stand for something as well. Damn. You need more of a... You no, the guy just spoiled my take on this for the roundtable when we discuss it later today. All right, that there's a, this is a much more nuanced dilemma that they are facing than we're just too anti-Trump. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So um, I'm going to buy that wholeheartedly, hook, line, and sinker, every syllable of that. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Uh, Ross Hartman, my former general manager and student radio, says Netflix wins an Oscar for one of its limited theatrical releases within the next two years. I have not seen Outlaw King. It's in my queue. No, I haven't seen it. It's, about, it's, about, it. it's about Robert the Bruce, I believe, right? Oh, I had heard um, of it, yeah. Y- I'll buy. I'll buy that that could happen. Sell. That's it. We're done. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. 